United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Yesterday, in a hearing, the Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coats, describing in part the situation in Syria and Afghanistan and the situation with the Islamic State. While ISIS is nearing territorial defeat in Iraq and Syria, the group has returned to its guerrilla warfare roots while continuing to plot attacks and direct its supporters worldwide. ISIS is intent on resurging and still commands thousands of fighters in Iraq and Syria. Let us get an update on the situation there. Moni Yacobian joined the U.S. Institute of Peace after being a Deputy Assistant Administrator of the Middle East Bureau at USAID a few years ago. She is a Senior Policy Scholar at USIP. The Twitter handle is at USIP, and she is here. Glad to have the United States Institute of Peace back with us because they weren't able to be here during the shutdown. Mona, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you. Was anything that you heard from the intelligence officials yesterday a surprise? No, not at all. I mean, I think we are seeing uh, great gains being made on the ground against ISIS. In fact, the estimates are that they could be fully ejected from Syrian territory as soon as the next two to four weeks. But intelligence officials also caution this does not constitute an enduring victory. And I think they are are quite well poised in terms of uh, underscoring that ISIS can really resurge as a fairly potent insurgency uh, in the coming weeks and months. Is it safe for the U.S. to withdraw? Not in a precipitous manner, no. I think that, as has been stated, there's still work to be done in terms of stabilizing these areas, ensuring that a U.S. withdrawal does not leave a vacuum or chaos in its wake. If the U.S. withdraws, is there anything other than ISIS to fill the vacuum? Oh, yeah. There are quite a few <laughs> few players chomping at the bit. Uh, the Syrian regime, perhaps at the top of the list, as Bashar al-Assad has vowed to regain all of Syrian territory, uh, and he is backed by Russia and Iran, who may well uh, be there as well to, to support him in that effort. Um, you also have Turkey talking about the need to create a buffer zone in the northeastern part of Syria, which is now currently being held by the Kurds. And to that point, there are concerns that President Trump made the decision to withdraw from Syria in part or maybe in, the, in, in, in whole because of a call that he had with President Erdogan of Turkey, who is concerned about the Kurds in Syria. Give us a sense of, of how much influence President Erdogan seems to have on President Trump. Well, it's not clear, because it is true that um, it is reportedly a call between uh, President Erdogan of Turkey and President Trump that prompted uh, President Trump's tweet on December 19th that we were withdrawing from Syria uh, now, you know, sort of within a matter of days. That, of course, has now been very much walked back, and there is no clear timeline in terms of U.S. withdrawal. I think the Turks have tried uh, to convince uh, the president that they can do the rest of the cleanup against ISIS and that they are poised to be able to hold that territory and keep it safe. But I think the the issues there are whether or not, in fact, Turkey has the capacity to do that, uh, and that is not at all clear. Again, Mona Yacobian with us, a senior policy scholar at the U.S. Institute of Peace. I'm trying to put in my mind the timeline, Mona, and I'm thinking to myself, I believe the uprising, the insurgency against President Assad 
its beginning and where we are now. This is all. This is approaching, if not exceeding, the amount of time that World War II was fought. And and I and I wonder how the people of Syria are holding up under all this tremendous uh, violence, and and how the Assad regime holds up after all this time. Well, I think you know we're coming to the eight-year mark in in March uh, for this conflict, and it has exacted an enormous humanitarian toll. I mean, it's estimated that nearly half a million. Syrians, primarily civilians, have perished in the violence. This is a country that, whose infrastructure and economy have been devastated. Its social fabric has been uh, basically shred apart. So um, Syria has quite a long way to come back in terms of being a place that is stable and safe and peaceful. I wonder if you could also comment on something else that was mentioned during this hearing yesterday, and that is that they believe, that is both uh, Dan Coates, who was director of national intelligence, and his, uh, his cohorts, they believe that Iran is complying with the JCPOA. They do not believe at this point that that is a threat. What was your assessment of their assessment of Iran? I mean, I, I think that sounds that sounds right. I think our, our intelligence uh, apparatus, I think, is tracking very closely what Iran is doing with respect to the nuclear accord. And by all accounts, both ours as well as European allies, Iran continues to uphold uh, its uh, its sort of its agreement, its its end of the bargain, if you will. Uh, that doesn't, though, detract from other concerns about Iranian behavior in the region. It's destabilizing role in, in particular in Syria, for example, where Iran is, is fairly well entrenched militarily. And, and this is causing uh, great concern uh, to Israel in particular. And, and not to necessarily go too far, but I think Afghanistan is close enough, especially considering what we heard yesterday from people like Senator Mitch McConnell, who uh, I, I'm going to let you hear a little bit of what he said on the floor of the Senate yesterday. He doesn't often get involved in policy, but here is Senator McConnell speaking yesterday. So, Mr. President, we've seen the cost of a precipitous withdrawal before in Iraq. And if, in Afghanistan, we've seen the downsides of telling the enemy they can just wait us out. We'll be gone on a date certain. So my amendment would also urge continued commitment from the U.S. military and our partners until, until we have set the conditions for the enduring defeat of these vile terrorists. Now, Senator McConnell, Monia Kobe, and your thoughts on what the administration is suggesting we do with Afghanistan and, and the actual situation there? Well, I think, again, I think that the, we are looking for an opening. This is a war that has also dragged on for, for many years. I think it's the longest-running war uh, that we've been engaged in in history. And so I think there is a, a, a search for a solution. There are early talks with the Taliban. Whether those, in fact, yield um, peace, I think, is still a very big question. But I think Senator McConnell's comments, I mean, there, there's not a lot of bipartisan agreement uh, in Washington these days, but I think, at least in the foreign policy establishment, there is agreement on both sides of the aisle of the need to be very careful about uh, a, pre a precipitous withdrawal, whether from Syria or Afghanistan, in the fear of, of leaving a chaos and instability uh, in its wake. In other words, if I could restate it, and I would look at it, there's bipartisan agreement that the United States should get out of Afghanistan at some point, but there there has to be some work and some agreement on the conditions under which the U.S. would leave, and therefore um, we don't want to do it just in a willy-nilly way that just says, all right, we're leaving because we want to leave. 
I think that's, yeah, I think you stated it quite well, Tim. I think that's exactly right. No one's saying we need to be in these places forever. I think, I think what, what, uh, what many in the foreign policy establishment are arguing, though, is that it is important that these withdrawals occur in an orderly fashion, uh, that they are based on conditions on the ground, and that, that they are done in a way where, again, where we don't, we, we don't leave the, the places more unstable, but rather on a path to greater stability. And just a quick question about Israel's role in all of this. Of course, they have another election coming up, and I wonder how much you think that politics as well as international policy might be playing into things like their operations in Syria that were aimed at Iran. Um, I think Israel's concerns about Iran are longstanding in, in, in uh, Syria. I mean, we've seen over the last two years, Israeli uh, the Israelis have have noted publicly that they've undertaken 200 attacks against Iranian targets. Whether the pressure to do more is upped in view of an upcoming election, I think, is an open question. But I think Israel's concerns with respect to Iran and Syria are enduring ones um, that have less to do with political timelines and I think more to do with their longstanding national security imperatives. Moni Yacobian, good to have you back. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. That is Moni Yakubian, who is a senior policy scholar at the United States Institute of Peace. A little bit on Syria, Afghanistan, and that region of the world, especially in the context of yesterday's briefing by intelligence officials on what's going on on the ground there. The Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.